And we are back, and we're lucky to ha- have uh, Michael McIntosh here for a little like a little sub episode of mm-hmm. the Drum Corps Coffee Shop podcast. And uh, we're going to talk some WGI stuff. Uh, go ahead, George. So, um, Michael, I don't know if you're going to remember this, but um, in 2013, there uh, you had come out and done a little bit of judging um, for SCPA. We went to dinner. And we went to dinner. Um, and it was Caleb Rothy, it was Ralph, uh, myself, and Pete Sapodin. And you had said, and you were, I think, in your second year at Gateway Indoor, probably at that time. Yes. Um, and you had, you had mentioned something uh, about uh, specifically the work you were doing at Gateway um, that I thought was really interesting and I wanted to sort of dig in, dig in on, and then we can, we can talk about that whole Gateway experience. And you had said that uh, somebody who knew you, a good friend of yours, somebody who knew you personally, um, talked about how personal you were being with your show design for Gateway, how it was almost like you were putting yourself out on the floor. And then maybe, you know, somebody who didn't know you as well wouldn't have seen that. Um, I don't know if you remember that conversation, but that always stuck with me. And I was, I wanted to ask you more about that and how you, how you took that opportunity of the time you spent there diving into the percussion independent world um, pool? Well, um, you know, I think that every, every show that anybody worth their salt tries to design, it takes an ounce of flesh. I mean, mm-hmm. we are all, you know, attached at the hip to our product. It's our baby. Uh, and it's pure artistry. Again, there's not a lot of moving parts. You're always the melody in WGI. So, you know, there's a real chance to kind of create something special with drums and a gem, so to speak. But I had judged, and um, I had uh, been lucky enough to judge some incredible shows. Like uh, I was lucky enough to judge with Dennis. I judged Independent World um, Finals and uh, General Effect, and uh, you know that was me just taking in everything. So my whole approach on the judging thing was, I'm your biggest fan for the next nine minutes. You know, like I'm gonna love on you and be vulnerable and silly and stupid and nerdy, and I'm going to just enjoy this because I know how hard it is. I assume I knew how hard it was. Um, so after 2011, I remember going out to, I was on the percussion advisory board as the GE um, representative. Um, and I remember telling Mark that I was going to teach. And he's like, you're going to what? Mark Thurston. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to take a gig and teach. Um, some friends of mine that had March night express um, were uh, doing this group called gateway that was in uh, St. Louis and um, he had come out and asked me to do it before. And I actually was in school. I went back to school to get my degree in composition. So I was like teaching at Carmel full time and going to school full time and doing Cavaliers. I was like, there's no way, you know, I can do this. So I ended up um, uh, saying, okay, I've I, I, I graduated. I, I want to do this with you. My only experience teaching before that was uh, I marched in the Villa Rica Invitational, which is a small southern fried drum show. Uh, you know, University of Georgia shows up and does their thing. It's incredible. Uh, and then I actually took, car- I taught uh, Blue Nights in 95, kind of. And then I took Carmel out there in 98 and 99. Uh, I think we were fifth one year. We were 10th one year and open. Uh, and I was like, this is getting the tarp to the, the freaking, you know, convention center was like a feat in and of itself. Yep. So I had a, a mad respect for what these guys were doing. But 
again, I wanted to take a chance. I wanted to see if I was any good. I don't know. You know, you just, you're like, all right, put your money where your mouth is. So I actually stopped judging and went and taught gateway for five years. I wanted to compete against the Tim Fairbanks's and the John Mapes and the Ian Groms and all these incredible designers, Jim Wunderlich's and Sean Vega, Mike Jackson, Kevin Shaw. Um, and, uh, you know, Shane Gwaltney, I, I, I wanted to compete against these guys and girls. And so we were, t I think we were tw uh, 10th in 2012, 2013, we started to make some noise, um, with the Ajna show, which was a lot of, uh, you know, tabla style drumming. And I pulled some from my, you know, past references. I think anyone getting into composition should study tabla rhythms, Indian rhythms and, and jazz progressions for keyboards. I think if you've got both of those covered, you're, you're going to be in a pretty safe spot. Um, so I was like, okay, I really want to, you know, compete. And, uh, 2014, we did the, um, Osaka and UC show, which was very successful for us. Love that show. And, uh, you know, that ended up becoming, you know, something that was super, you know, what it ended up being was nothing like it had started to be. And it was just listening to the show and, and saying, you know, I think this is what, this this should be and you know taking the walter cronkite and moving it to the front of the show at 3 30 on you know on monday before wgi going okay i think this is it i think this is right um but when you do a a movie when you show me which we did almost every year you're doing two shows i mean you're like you're stepping right into it because it's like we're gonna do you know you ever going to see an orchestra do a live soundtrack to like a cartoon you know a thing or you know, it's hard because it's basically a click track with melody, you know, in harmony. And so we're, we're, we're playing to a movie, we're syncing up the movie and we're playing along to it. So you're creating this audio visual, you know, kind of thing. And I, I learned in college, uh, Frederick Hegel uh, was this um, older gentleman, 19th century, and he believed in a cross penetration of the arts. He was like one of the first uh, like multimedias. And I thought that was cool. So I thought, okay, what better way to make a splash than to be able to have, you know, if you give a presentation, if you've got you know, uh, your, your, your PowerPoint going, you know, and, or, you know, whatever the Apple version of that is. Um, I have to, I can't, what is that? Not numbers, pages. No. What is the Apple version of that? Is it keynotes? No. Keynote. Yeah. So I became like a keynote pro right at that because I had to, cause that's what we use. So anyway, put the movie together and I thought this would be a way to make a splash, you know, cause we didn't have the talent that the other groups had. So we tried to play the emotional card and, you know, oh, say, can you see became that you just didn't realize, you know, again, sitting at Cracker Barrel on a Sunday going, this is what it was, not what it was. You know, you're not looking forward going, this is what it's going to be. You hope it's good. But we just had really talented kids in that group. Um, Shelby Shelton's in the front ensemble. She did an amazing job. She's on staff with me at the Cavaliers. And uh, Peter Rep was a section leader. He marched Cavaliers. He came back for his age out. So, and, you know, Jason Palmer, we just had, everybody was invested and man, that show just turned out to be something really special. And then, you know, we, we kept it going and, you know, I said, I'd give them five years. Uh, and after three, man, I was so spent because it's a pound of flesh in WGI. I mean, it's really, it's a pound of flesh. So I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm keep my word. We'll do this. I'll do this for, for five years. So um, we had the 2016 show, the 2017 show, and then I left and actually went back into judging. Uh, and I felt very proud of that because I went and built, you know, the shake machine at McDonald's. You know, I put my money where my mouth was. I went in and competed. 
And I think every judge should do that in some way, shape, or form because that gives you a chance to feel what emotionally everybody's going through and the respect for those guys to do this year in and year out. I mean, when Ian Grom and John Mapes are standing there and Chino Hills leaves and another one of their stellar groups comes in, how do they change gears like that? That's imp that's crazy to me that they have that mindset. They've just been doing it. They're inside the art. So I'm like, wow, I, I, don't, I don't know how these guys do it and girls do it every year, you know, and they maintain that level of, of excellence. So I went and I competed because I thought it was going to make me a better judge. And uh, hopefully it did. I don't know if it did or not. But I definitely get, garnered a respect. And I felt like I was letting those guys know and girls know that I believe in them and I'm on their team. And I wanted to experience it and get beat down and try and have some success. But it was more important to me for me to go through that than to say that I, you know, than to not do it. Uh, maybe it was stupidity, maybe it was ego, I'm not sure, but it was important for me to experience that so I could become a better judge. And, and, you know, those guys and girls know that respect level is absolutely there. For an older person like myself, I missed a big chunk due to life commitments. Uh, you know, back when I was younger, the indoor scene wasn't really a big thing, but now, you know, I'm, I've jumped back into it because my daughter has been involved in school and, and I, I really love it. So what are some shows that you could think of that are ones like some, someone with me that wants to learn more about the past are like monumental shows that you think that, okay, you got to check out this show, this show, this show, and this show. And what are some that have been, that jumped out and it really, as a judge, have grabbed you and, and like held you and said, this is it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, before I was a judge, um, one one of the shows, the first show that freaked me totally out was uh, I thought the Blue Knights like Mike Mike Nevin did an incredible job arranging uh, for the Blue Knights in '95. I just thought it was super fresh and and cool, and it was cool because you were just seeing people throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. You know, everybody had the volume thing down, so every show was like murder and sinister and you know, shock and Halloween and awe and. Um, but then people started to really push the boundaries. And I think the first two people that really knocked my socks off were Jim Wunderlich and Mike Jackson when they were at Mission Viejo. Uh, the uh, Infinity Show. The Infinity Show blew my freaking mind. Uh, the part where they, they went into the Roboto, the chordal, chordal uh, melody from Tron. And they did a Roboto while the chick 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 was maintaining I was just like, oh my, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then the gank, they'd, they'd stamp the infinity thing. I was like, what tool is that? Who finds this cool tool that looks like it came off the set of a, you know, this 2000, a Stanley Kubrick movie? Um, so that was incredible for me. Uh, the stuff that Dave Marvin was doing out at North Glen, I thought was incredible. Uh, where they're using the blinds, you know, yeah. in a really interesting way. What years, what years um, were those around? I think that was like 98, 99, maybe, okay. 99. Um, I thought, uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was maybe 2003, 2004, Mystique's Seven Deadly Sins, I thought was incredible. Uh, the ending where they were going through all of the emotions in this real, like, you know, Devisi kind of way was, was unbelievable. And I, they, you know, they had some absolute players in that line. Um, so that, that show was amazing to me. Um, the, the touch show that, Rhythm X did. Mm -hmm. uh, it blew me out. Uh, I thought it was incredible. 
um, going back, I think maybe it was 99, 2000 was the, uh, uh, see, what was that? It was, uh, the RCC, the deaf show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen that one. That sound of silence. Yeah. I was bawling my eyes out by the end of that. I mean, it was amazing. Um, so, and then they did a show where they were in yellow and purple and they were doing a lot of, uh, um, dancing and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and things of that nature, which I thought was amazing i think i've seen that um, one too i just can't think it's of early the 2000s i forget is that the, with the yeah, like K- justin timberlake or something like that yeah K- casey casey brohard was in that yeah mm-hmm. they they did you know like they had the white gloves and the yellow they were locking and pop popping and locking yeah. while they were moving sap it and taught them how to how to do some pop locking oh, nice. that. oh really yeah, oh, yeah. and they man they and they were drumming right and i'm always a sucker for one of jim Wonderlick's melodies i think he's one of the best in the business at that him and k shaw for sure um andrew markworth but um, the next, I think the next show that, that, that floored me was the show by, um, Mystique. It was the, uh, what was their, their show? Uh, they were all bald. Um, this was probably, uh, see maybe 10 years ago. Was that the um, one with the big gong in the background? Yeah. Yeah. Anya was in the back and it was, uh, Mantra. Mantra. Was yeah. The show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool show. I've seen that and, one. You know, I, I swear I smelled like incense during the show. I probably did. Don Click probably, you know, opted all that through there. Uh, you know, there were actually composers. It's interesting, man. Like that that multimedia thing has been around forever. There was a, a crazy composer, uh, Saint Saul, I think. Uh, he did Carnival of the Animals. Uh, he actually they squirted fume in their d- during their performance to create multi, you know, uh, you know, senses sense sensory effects i guess is what i'm trying to say so i thought that was amazing um and uh some of the stuff uh, the batman show that, that um uh tom unks did at dartmouth i think was like one of the cleanest shows i've ever heard in my life even their rim their isolated rim shot had a chalky quality to it that was just like oh my god you know and it just i just thought it was cool because they actually came on and they they and Marcy like swept a bunch of like papers around the floor to give it that, you know, you know, Terminator, you know, look. I mean, it was it was just freaking amazing. Uh, so I'm I'm always inspired by those shows that I, I don't necessarily. It's not about the drumming, you know. Some of the stuff that Pulse has done has just been incredible. I think the show they were doing this year was just absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, those guys got it down. You know, some of the Chino Hills stuff. Different shows for different things. You know, I like what Ike Jackson was doing because I thought he tackled really emotional subjects like AIDS and cancer and, you know, things that were very serious. Um, and then I like the shows that 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 you, you were so emotionally engaged by the end of it that, you know, the drumming was just the cherry on top, you know. Like a Mike, Mike Jackson snare break at, at the end when you didn't even need it. You were already all in by that time. You know, uh, when they did the, uh, it was the, um, uh, I'm not sure what the show was titled, but it had a mili- very military feel to it. Um, uh, the uh, the female who is now, she's part of the Zildjian family. She does, she played drum set for um, Chino Hills. Um, she played drum set for one of the groups that they were doing early on. And she marched snare for Blue Devils. And then she marched in RCC. Nicole Do you know Casino? who I'm speaking of? I, I don't know her. I don't know her name, um, but I, I'm a fan. Uh, you know, it's just uh, she's taking care of business. She was in that snare line. I just thought that was really t- tasty. Uh, and that's that classic quasi-military, you know, weird nerdy Jim Wonderlick and Mike Jackson thing. They just do so well. No one else can do that. 
you know, like the way that he would sample, Jim would sample the guy, the captain talking to the mic. And each time he would click the mic, there was like a beep, like a, just a cool sound. You're like, really? Like you're dotting that eye that hard. I mean, that's amazing. So any, any show that had an emotional component to it, because I'm an emotional guy, I, I will cry, I will laugh, I will scream. I'll completely nerd out. And uh, I got busted doing that. Uh, they threw that 08 touch tape onto the uh, onto onto the, the intranet. Yep. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, you know, and I, I was on my game that night. They were on that game that night. They're, I was having an absolute ton of fun and, uh, you know, wasn't being anything but, you know, what I thought I should be at that time. And, you know, you just never know who's listening, right? I mean, you just never know. And that's that stuff's an ink for sure. So, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, uh, one other thing that Austin Collins had mentioned to me is that he got a peek once at one of your scores, one of your drum scores, um, and it had notes just all over it, right? Stuff just for you, right? And anybody anybody who's ever seen you uh, a video of of any of your groups warming up in the lot, right? Uh, knows that you are there's something going on where you're having this really strong internal experience um as you're watching you know uh and feeling your your group perform um and uh what i'm hopeful of and what it kind of seemed like was that your time with gateway allowed a little bit more of that to come out because the canvas is bigger the, the the what you have access to is much more um uh, you have more toys to play with and much more colors to use. Um, and, you, I mean, you are, uh, you know, somebody who comes off uh, with a lot to say, you know. And it's nice that you had that time in, the act- is that, is in that this activity. Is that, is that bad? No, no what, what, well, what I'm saying is, is like, is like when, when, somebody, when somebody watches you experiencing your own work, realizes that there's depth there that there's substance there there's a whole experience there that's happening for you and i think gateway allowed us to see more of that if that makes sense there there's no hiding there's definitely no hiding indoors i mean because you're you're the melody uh, you know like a thousand percent of the time and you know the drain that for me the drain on on putting yourself out there that far and you know mike mcintosh is putting out a a group, you know, well, there's an expectation there. I hate to say that probably I'm, maybe there is. Um, but I don't know. I, I've, I've been that guy before I've been a dick and, uh, I don't like that guy, you know, and now I just hope that I can be, a, you know, I have as much anxiety and, you know, I freak out with the best of them. Um, you know, I, I drink too much eggnog and I put my socks on backwards and, you know, just a normal dude. And it's easy to, it's it's some it's easy to forget that and then you you know you're talking to somebody that is talking to you as someone who designed let's say you know the the quad feature from whatever year and you kind of feel like you know wow this you know this person is speaking to me as a brand and not as a person and you can't fault them for that they don't know you but you know you're you're just trying to put yourself out there and you're trying to be the best version of you and you're trying to be vulnerable Hi, speaking of being vulnerable Hi. What time are you going upstairs? I'll be, I'll be upstairs <laughs> in about 20 minutes, okay? okay. I, I, I think that's our cue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Apologize to her for us. Yeah, yeah, we're sorry. Hey, these, these guys, they said they're sorry. 
She's like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Michael. Well, we don't want to keep you much longer. And we appreciate your time. And hopefully in the future, maybe we can watch some of these shows you've been talking about with you. I would uh, love that. I would love that. For sure. You you never get that same feel because the dimensionality, you know, two-dimensional versus that emotion, that rawness, that, that, you know, the murmurs, kids drumming on pads during the breaks. It's just, it's amazing. Uh, But, you know, I think what you guys are doing is real special and uh, you're very relatable and uh, your love for the activity is something that I gravitate towards. Um, you know, I'm a huge fanboy of, of George and I'm a huge fanboy now, both of you. And I really appreciate the love and respect and know that it's reciprocated at every level for me. Um, you know, there's just, this means a lot to me to show people that we're, we're more than just, you know, a pen and paper. You know, we're real people with real feelings and real faults and real insecurities. And we're just trying to do the best thing we can do like everybody else. Well, for me, it's been an honor and a pleasure to kind of open up the, the Mike, Michael McIntosh book and take a peek in there and, uh, and get to know you on, on a level. Like I had said earlier, you're a, a hero of mine growing up from the, when I was, would watch the Blue Devils drum lines. And now, you know, I'm a hero watching the Cavaliers and I'm a, I've seen some of the blue coat stuff and, you know, that stuff is great. And, uh, I look forward to, uh, to much more to, to the future. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, please. Because otherwise we wouldn't have Thank it. Thank you. We would not have it if you, you. if you weren't creating. Um, really enjoyed this conversation, Michael. Thank you for doing it. Oh, man. I just love you guys for sure. Yeah, and, and we look forward to talking to you again in the future, hopefully soon, and like I said, breaking down some stuff. All right, Michael, and on that, we will t- wish you good night. Make sure you, you tell your daughter we're sorry for keeping, her, keeping you up and keeping you away for a little bit, and uh, you have a nice evening, and we'll be talking with you soon. Appreciate you guys. Much love. Stay safe. Okay, talk to you. Talk to you later.